All right, guys, we are back. Yesterday was a rough show. I couldn't see. Spags was exhausted, and yet we texted each other at about 10 last night, and we both got naps in, and Spags said we're nap buddies. So, yeah, the most adorable thing or perhaps the most cringeworthy thing, depending upon where you're landing. But we are back on track today with a great Friday show. We've got our pal John Daigle from NBC Sports Edge joining us today. We're going to talk about some injuries that actually matter. Ride or die picks for every week five game and a little bit of Southern hospitality mixed in along the way. So, Pete, hit that intro. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet, as well as the man we teased before the break, NBC Sports Edge's John Daigle. John, how are you doing, my friend? It's been too long. The thumbnail makes it look like I'm disappointed in Zeke, when really uh, we should be pretty happy with him. I mean, I mean Spags, honestly, probably more on brand. Spags <laughs> knows all about my manipulation via thumbnails here. I'm always, you know, just pulling at the strings there with those thumbnails. Yeah, so we are excited to have John here with us today, but let's get the plugs out of the way. First of all, make sure you're following John at NotJDaigle on Twitter. That's D-A-I-G-L-E, so go check him out. He is doing great work over at NBC Sports Edge. Of course, also make sure you're following at Splash Play Pod because we are also following you back on there because that's how much we care. If you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we're following you, and you get to see whenever we're doing shows. So how could you lose out? And, of course, this show is presented by Football Outsiders, so go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Get DVOA, all the other advanced metrics they have on there, which are going to add a lot of value to how you look at an NFL slate. Get it for just five dollars a month over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and then uh actually i'll make a good time with the plug today so let's throw one more in there if you want to be a guest on this show just like john daigle here he doesn't have to do a review but you out there if you're a viewer if you leave us five stars and a review on apple podcast you can be on this show on our thursday show building lineups with us just like our pal paul adair did yesterday so please go leave us five stars and a review on apple podcast and of you, course subscribe you beef well. me up to be a special guest and then you say just leave five stars and you can join the show as well <laughs> Well, I think you're going to theoretically add more value, bring your takes. We built a segment around you. For them, they don't get the personalization. So that's the level of difference that's between it. I appreciate that. Yeah, so there you go. So, John, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with you because you're one of the top voices over at NBC Sports Edge, and I feel like with a lot of the the changes coming, there are a lot of new faces, guys like Pat Corain, Denny Carter's over there. There's a lot of guys doing content that people are seeing a lot more of, but you are now like one of the old hands has been there for a minute, a seasoned pro amidst all these rookies coming in. So how's that experience been for you really being the leader of the program? I feel like a season pro. It feels like week 17 right now, even though it's only week five. So that's always great. Uh, I ditched Pat Corain, a rookie, a new hire, on the news feed to be by himself for the next 45 minutes. So if your Gibson blurb gets filled in a little later, it's because Pat's hands are just completely full right now. But other than that, everything's going well. We're in a full-on regular season mode with six podcasts per week. Uh, I feel like I feel bad for people, actually, if they look at the feed on Monday or Tuesday, because it's literally just my face. It has to be absolutely exhausting if you look at the NBC Sports Edge Twitter account. But overall, we're just in the mode of full season. It's just uh, it's been a long year so far. 
Yeah, lots of great stuff going on over there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Check out the podcast feeds. And, and I guess, John, give the people the quick plugs about stuff that's going on over there that you're working on and the most proud of because you guys have made a lot of overalls over there. I know I, I know some folks over there and that are doing great work behind the scenes. Ed is my one of my pals that I like very much. So shout out to Ed Williams over there. But um, get, tell the people just what's going on because I think you guys overhauled everything in such a way that if they're just familiar with Roto World in the past, now it is so much more than just the news and notes items. Shout out to Ed Williams, who also texted me this morning saying my rankings in the premium side are not up yet. They'll get up after the show, Ed. I promise you. There are only so many hours in the day I can fill. Also, waiver wire column I write on Tuesday, which everyone seems to yell about no matter what the rankings are. Again, a good football show. Hopefully it's good on podcast, on iTunes and Spotify, if you want to subscribe as well. Plus, every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, myself and Kyle Dvorak do a live DFS stream building block show that you can tune into this afternoon if you're hearing this in time. The, Kyle, uh, another man bun boy, so we got to show him that love. Pete, go ahead. I think the, you know, we're always trying to figure out what is this show? What do we ultimately want this show to be? And I, it kind of just hit me now. I think we should have NBC Sports Edge uh, employees come on and basically talk to their boss through this specific platform about kind of, you know, their thing where we'll mediate reviews, raises all that good stuff. So next week we're going to have Pat Doherty on and he's going to tell us how he really feels about it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's I'm sure that won't be awkward at all for you guys. Right, John? <laughs> yeah. Y'all have seemed to done well in the partnerships like with football outsiders. So NBC's next it's right on your doorstep. There yeah, the is. goal is really just to get, to get Pete paid for every show by multiple different companies while I just Pete, work for free, basically, or the Pete or is on salary, I guess. Pete that's, is that's the prop the Joe. You're uh, <laughs> you're you're who uh, who was underneath prop Joe Cheese? Uh, Method Man was that it? I think so. Yeah. Honestly, being be cheese could not, not the worst thing in the world. Though being prop Joe, I feel like you know I might might have to put on a few more pounds. But honestly, with the pandemic, I'm basically there. As Pete can tell you, it's probably a pretty good life to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. So, John, we got you on here, and you're—I'm referring to you as a Southern gentleman, but honestly, I just know you have the Southern accent. I actually don't know where you're from. So, first of all, let's answer that question, John. Where are you from? Uh, I feel like it's the world, but I'm from Dallas. I was there for 20 years, and then I have since lived in Australia, Canada, Denver, California, New York, Connecticut, and I think that's it. Did I say Colorado? Colorado as well. What's your favorite? out of all those places obviously you know you have to name and shame somebody here so what's your favorite place you've ever lived i don't really like to shame any place even though like living in new york is not good i think people tell you it's good to be cool but like it's not fun at all you want to train in and treat it like vegas like two nights and then get the hell out uh i think colorado is genuinely the best once you experience everyone knocks it but once you experience in our industry football on either Pacific or Mountain Time, you can never go back. Like, even if you want to complain about 10 a.m. football for the West Coast, I would tell you football gets done at 8 p.m. and you have the entire rest of your night. Even if you want to do dinner or work, that's fine too. So once you experience football that's not East Coast, like you've really tasted life. Pete, do you have a thought on the locations here? Because I, I mean, you lived on the West Coast at some point. I'm leaving the West Coast, John, in a month and a half, and it's going to kill me because I'm thinking about my schedule for NBA, for NFL content, the same thing you're talking about here. <laughs> and Josh Norris is trolling hard in chat. So shout out <laughs> underdogs, Josh Norris. If you want to rebut any of his points, John, feel free. But I do want to get no. Pete's takes because Pete's also been a man who's lived everywhere. Yeah, I uh, I do agree Colorado is uh, one of the best places to live. It's still like where all my family lives, and I always wanted to get away from that. So I don't have the same kind of feelings about Colorado that most people do. I still, if I could just completely choose, I'd go back and live in San Diego. I went to school there. I It's really hard for me to find knocks on San Diego, and I would love to be back there. It will never happen. But if we're doing these fun hypotheticals, that's where I choose. 
That's where our studio will be built when we have NBC Sports Edge and Football Outsiders paying us to build to build the monolithic company getting <laughs> Pay, paying views Pete, not you, Chris. Just <laughs> yeah, that's right. Paying Pete, right? I just have to be there for free and show up and then you know really bring a great attitude is the main thing there. But, but anyway, John's got the Southern accent enough here that we're doing Southern Insults Awards where our own Southern charmer here, John Daigle, is on the show. So we're going to give away some awards for fantasy based upon Southern turns of phrase that sound nice but are actually insulting. And and John, I don't know if you're familiar with the site, but I pulled the vast majority of these from SouthernLiving.com, which I think really gave me the perspective about what life is like there without ever having to step foot. I know a bunch of women in Texas who actually use the site to decorate their homes. So yes, I'm familiar with the site. All right. So let's get into these first ones. And John, you can just give us whoever comes to mind here. And if, and if Pete, if you want to throw some into as we go, we can do that. But first one I have up, and I think this is a really basic one, but bless your heart for trying. Is there anybody that comes to mind for you, John, when you hear that phrase? Uh, Pete actually mentioned this to me as an example and I think he's correct. He DM'd me Jimmy Garoppolo as the example, but I think that's right. Like, bless your heart for trying. Also, this is the most popular one. Anytime someone is just a complete idiot, you just tell them, bless your heart. That's the nicest way possible to say that phrase. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use Jimmy Garoppolo, who may not even be an NFL quarterback. If you don't want to use Jimmy Garoppolo, you may just use Davis Mills, who also bless his heart for trying. Well, don't, don't burn too many on one answer here. Sorry. <laughs> but I agree with you. The Jimmy G take is the one. Pete, you got one for this one? Or you just want to burn through yeah, some more? No, Southern I'd love to uh, pat your friend Mark Davis there right on the head and say, bless your heart for trying. I know you're losing snaps to a wide receiver that's now converted to the position you've been playing all your life. And he's out producing you. But bless your little heart, Mark Davis. Good, good luck in London this week. Oh, Lordy, Lordy. That's how I feel about that one. Next one up. Her biscuits not, okay. Her biscuits not done in the middle, but we can overlook that. John, also, am I offending anybody by doing the Southern accent? I don't want to get canceled so early in the show. But John, that one, I, I don't know if there's one that jumps to mind here. Obviously, you could change it for whatever gender specific team. I didn't hear it. Say it in English. Yes. What is it again? Her biscuits not done in the middle, but we can overlook that. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's going to be Trey Lance this week. That that sounds like someone who has all the raw tools, but also he's going to hit the ground a couple times with throws directly into the field. And uh, I think that's how Trey Lance is going to look this week. Not ready, but right, good, you? but good. <laughs> not ready, probably not the most delicious, but some point the, he'll be a fully formed biscuit. The biscuits are done in the middle, yeah. <laughs> all right, how about he is who he is. God love him. He is who he is. God love him. Um. This is Julio Jones, and Julio Jones is always injured, and God love him. He'll play three games this year. Two of them will be good, and he'll miss the rest of them. That just is who he is, and God love him. Uh, Urban Meyer. <laughs> he's, he's, a ter- he's a terrible coach, but God love him. His biscuit's also not done in the middle after, <laughs> after the dance floor that he hit at his own bar there, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it's really not his fault he turned out this way. Uh, that also feels like it could be Urban Meyer, but, but John, if you had someone for that award, who would it be? Uh, it should have been Sam Darnold, uh, even though his schedule is so easy that he d- is playing significantly better. It's not fa- his fault he turned out this way. Let's go with Daniel Jones. How about that? How about we uh, corrupt the Mara family and blame them for Daniel Jones, even though he's been good so far with seven carries per game. It's We know it's not something we're buying into just yet, so it's not his fault. Uh, Pete, I have one in mind here. I would say it's Justin Fields for me right now, given how he's Ooh. looking. Oh, that's a better that's one. A, that's the best one. Yeah. yeah. Matt Nagy just killing this man right now, not letting him throw the ball downfield. He may overcome it, but it's really not his fault, Pete, is what I would say. Yeah, I, I like that one at all. I, I or a lot. I would toss in uh, 
Jonathan Taylor. I feel like uh, it's not quite Jonathan Taylor's uh, fault that he hasn't reached his ceiling. You know, the team's been dysfunctional. Wentz has been in and out of the lineup. Uh, it's not your fault, Jonathan Taylor. You're going to be fine. All right, one more. Or actually, we got a couple more. Most people in town think he's really smart. So that will pass aggressive one there. But uh, I feel like this has got to be on the coach level, John. But who would it be that you feel like maybe people think are smarter than you do? Most people in town believe he's really smart. It's probably Sean McFay or, well, Cliff Kingsbury's already been cracked. But McFay, if you even go back to that game against the playoff game against the Saints, like kicking a field goal on fourth down inside the 10-yard line, uh, maybe even Sean McDermott, since that game's on deck. And last year in the AFC Championship, McDermott kicked three field goals on fourth and short, two inside the 10 in Arrowhead. Like there's no coach playing to lose more than him in that situation. So let's go with, a, I'll go with McFay though, especially after last night's performance. That is, a, that is a good one. Pete, you got anything for this one or should we keep moving it? Yeah, what about Arthur Smith? I feel like he was a guy Ooh. that people were excited about as being a sharp, and now you just see how uninspired this Falcons offense is. So I will say uh, when, Arthur Smith. Whenever you're jamming Cordero Patterson touches, you know you're not the brightest of minds. <laughs> yeah, whenever you're denying Mike Davis, we all know that you're not doing the plus EV moves. <laughs> That's really the main thing there. Also, poor Willis, our accountant, getting a bless your heart and chat from Woman's Coin. So that's, sorry, Willis. I didn't, I'm, it's unfortunate you come to the show immediately getting salt like that uh next one up we got he's a little rough around the edges but he's got the best personality uh i john i feel like there's a lot you can go here for me i'm gonna go russell wilson up top i feel like he's a little rough around the edges now with a finger that's looking something like a question mark or an allen wrench is what i said on twitter yesterday but how are you feeling about that quote who's rough around the edges but you just gotta love to love Rough around the edges. Uh, I'm a big fan of when players talk shit and they do it well. So it doesn't help that he's not been good. But I think Baker Mayfield, when he is good, like there's no one who challenges players more than him. So I'm going to go Baker Mayfield. I think he actually is fun uh, whenever he's good. Rare. Pete, anybody come to mind for you? Rough around the edges, but a great personality. You know, I'm going to take it more less literally and this is an olive branch to daigle in ezekiel elliott i think zeke has had some of his warts you know there was been some time where tony pollard has been in there stealing touches but he has really acquitted himself nicely over the past few weeks this offensive line's gelling the cowboys look really good and so yeah a little rough around the edges but zeke is getting it done and uh now we're going to get him this week at what sub 10 percent ownership let's do it Mm -hmm. All right. One more. I guess two more. I, I don't care what anybody said. Also, I, I feel bad that I'm the only one doing the access. Pete, we should have alternated on this one. Well, but. I did one. And then you got very, you like, uh, worried that I was going to get us canceled. So then I, took <laughs> the beat off the guy. I was just embracing the character too much here as the one working for free. I, don't I have the accent, so I don't need to do it. Uh, if I did it, it'd probably sound like Oscar from the office whenever he's asked to talk like a, uh, a Georgian woman. Like it'd be just bad. <laughs> I was also hoping you were going to Oscar the Grouch, too. I didn't know where that would have gone, but that I would have very much supported that. Another bit to keep in mind for, for us in the future. Um, I don't care what anybody says. I think she's pretty in her own way. Uh, John, who would that be for you? Who is fun but terrible? Denzel um, Bibbs is my answer. <laughs> yeah, no, he, that's more he, of a Monet. Good from afar, but far from good. <laughs> he might not even be fun. Uh, I, think, hey. I, I, think, I think Tyson Williams is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, you know, when Ronald Jones is good, it's, it's never, it's, he's never good, but like the times when he gets 15 carries, it is fun because you do have the full roller coaster of him blowing a blitz, fumbling the ball, but still getting to hundred yards somehow. 
I'll say for me, it's going to be Jared Goff. I know that we don't like the Lions. We don't like Jared Goff coming into the year, but the man has thrown upwards of 50 times a game so far this year. And that's something that has value. That's currency here in the fantasy world. So I don't think that she's, I don't think Jared Goff's the prettiest bell at the ball, but I will say that he's somebody that I'm willing to want to dance on the floor with from time to time. Pete, how about you? Uh, yeah, no, I'm going with Denzel Mims. Okay. All right. I guess that's got to be it for you. And our last one here, isn't it just like you to wear a dress like that? John, who's wearing, who's wearing the dress that is just so ugly, but you got to point it out. The, the faux first month MVP, Derek Carr. There's no Ooh. faker team and faker good quarterback than Derek Carr who just ask him. He'll tell you that he's so tired of everyone bad mouthing him, even though they've had one of the easiest schedules to date. Like everyone acts like the Steelers and a Ravens team that got injured mid game were tough contests. No, not at all. Like the Raiders are such an easy team to bet against over the second half of the season. Yeah, and Carr loves to sling it around. And, you know, he's going to put that dress on and continue to do that no matter how poorly it goes or how well it goes. And Pete, how about you? Anybody else that you want to point out here for just being like them to wear a dress like that? Yeah, how about Ben Roethlisberger? He keeps putting on the same outfit that he has for the past, whatever, 15 years. And uh, it's just not the same, but he does put that dress on every week. And what's sad is that my mom has said, I think all of these sayings really? uh, <laughs> within a week's time, anytime I go back home to see her. Yes. Like my, my niece is, uh, when she, she's like six years old now, when she was like three, some of her first words were, Oh honey, or bless you because she hangs around my mom so much. And my Southern mother just says all of these cliche things. That's, That's actually a very adorable. I think. <laughs> yeah. She's cool. Yeah, so I'll support that one. I'm happy to, if there's anybody out there who wants to help me raise a Southern child, even if we're going to be growing up on the East Coast, then please help me do that as best we can. But it's that time, guys. First of all, the pander for likes here, whether you're watching on Peach Channel, whether you're watching on the Splash Play Channel, or whether you're just watching anything on NBC Sports Edge, always hit that like button for the content creators that you enjoy. Show them a little love here because it helps us get seen by more people. So please do that. And of course, subscribe to the channels as well because we have a lot of great content coming on, whether it be on Peach Channel, the Splash Play Channel, or on the NBC Sports Edge channel. Go subscribe to them all. Let's do some injuries that actually matter and we got to talk about this one from last night Russell Wilson injured his finger yesterday didn't look very good live seems like surgery is an option so his uh, consecutive started game streak may come to an end and John I'll ask you first here we saw a little bit of it last night Geno Smith coming in as the QB honestly looked kind of good but uh, did throw the game away at the end mostly Tyler Lockett's fault they would say on that one but how much does a move to Geno affect things moving forward for you with the Seahawks are we sure that he's going to start the following week or, we don't know. Are no. they I think jam? we're just total speculation on all of our ends, so we can couch it that way. Uh, it was at least comforting to see him lock on to DK Metcalf and move the ball somewhat against a secondary we still think is significantly better than league average. But overall, yeah, it's concerning because this team does not have the play volume, and they still don't really have an identity. Um, just to even the most laughable play of the year, I think, to run bunch formation on fourth and two and then run Alex Collins at Aaron Donald. Like that, that sentence I just said has five red flags and they still committed to it. And so overall, it's just not really a coaching staff or offense we were getting excited about anyways. Russell Wilson, as good as he is, has yet to finish inside the top quarter, top eight quarterbacks in fantasy because he just can't get there on their play calling. And so overall, like if you're now saying it's Geno Smith who has less volume, like, yeah, that's why we're worried. Pete, how about you? Do you feel anything for Geno potentially being a starter in the spot? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a big downgrade for the entire offense. I have no idea 
Um, I, it probably switches over to what we've seen from the Ben Roethlisberger offenses, these Broncos offenses where, yeah, maybe one guy can get there just based on volume alone, but we're not going to see two to three Seahawks, you know, go off without Russell Wilson there. So I think it's just going to be a survive and advance situation for the Seahawks for as long as Geno's there. I do also love how the football outsiders, big wigs like Aaron Schatz and Mike Tanier shared the link. And then someone probably tuned in thinking good, hard football talk and then heard butter my biscuit within three minutes time. I was going to say, we had one dislike on the video. It's probably just Aaron coming oh, yeah. and be like, why did I approve letting them <laughs> this yeah. show on our site? But you know, that's, that's the risk we take here, John. Yes. You're lucky you missed out on the low probability crystal ball segment we do where <laughs> uh, Pete and I dress up like probably in a not ideal way. I'll say like a soothsayer rather than any other terms out there, but well, um, I got yeah. a, I got a couple costumes lying around here. As Pete knows, when you buy a costume, you also then have to look for a reason to use it again and uh, really haven't needed to wear an American flag boxing robe just yet. So call me. The, the key is to just get a prop bin and then you just throw them there and then you forget about them for two years. And then you're like, oh, I do have that. I could use that. Yeah. <laughs> also, a little teaser coming up for Monday. We are going to have some more props to be deploying soon, though. I don't know if, Pete, you're going to have any props. But uh, uh, just for anybody tuning in on Monday, of course, 2.30 Eastern time, 11.30 Pacific time. Uh, we'll be back on Monday and we got a new segment that I'm sure people out there will enjoy. Very timely. Uh, Damian Williams practiced in full. Back to the injuries that actually matter. He's practicing in full. Looks like he'll be the lead back at Las Vegas. Pete, I'll ask you first here because this is a spot where John John talked about, you know, the Raiders here, they do tend to let people stay in games. Damian Williams getting that David Montgomery workload where he is a clearly a big part of the rushing game, big part of the passing game. Is this a spot where Damian Williams is looking a little too appetizing for you this week? Uh, yeah, I'm excited about Damian Williams in this spot. And I think if it weren't for, you know, P Ryan, if it weren't for Leonard Fournette this week, who's cheap uh, on DraftKings, we might end up getting some stuff here with James Conner. If, if Chase Edmonds is out, we might get Alexander Madison. So I think Damian Williams might get lost in this shuffle and I'm pretty intrigued about him I want to hear from John because part of my thesis on Damian Williams is he's not going to lose pass catching work what what's the scouting report on Khalil Herbert and what kind of role could he potentially have Herbert did average over eight yards per carry in his final year in college across the big 12 and ACC he transferred teams um he is a actually a, a good prospect but overall like you, I don't think Damian Williams is going to lose touches. Whenever Montgomery went out in that game, it was Williams who handled six consecutive touches before he suffered that thigh bruise. And only then did Herbert come in. But even so, Herbert didn't run a single route last week in the interim. So I think Williams gets it all. Now, for DFS, it probably doesn't matter in FanDuel if we're going to get all the touches since he is so cheap there too. But at DraftKings... We have to get more than the 24 pass attempts the Bears have yet to exceed in three consecutive games. So because then the passing game usage for Williams really doesn't matter. Like two catches isn't going to factor into our process. So that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out here. Since also they did do a much better job in running a season high in an in dual tight end and four and bunch formation sets to get max protect for Justin Fields last week against the Lions. Also, that's the Lions, though. The Raiders' strength, if they do anything right on defense, it's not in the secondary, it's genuinely getting. Uh, pressure around the edges with their DEs. And that's where the Bears struggle to protect the quarterback as well as with their weak tackles. So that's why I actually am somewhat concerned about this offense this week. But overall, like you're just going to play him on FanDuel if he gets lost in the shuffle for sure, because I think Williams will get every single touch. 
some big gaps left behind by David Montgomery on the year. 38% of the team's total yards, 50% of their touchdowns that are going so far. So there's opportunity for Damian Williams if he can you know, keep the game script where it needs to be. Uh, we got Antonio Gibson, who apparently news before the show. He's got a shin fracture that he's been playing through. He's currently questionable. And, and John, a shin fracture never is something you want to hear for your running back, who's also a pretty good volume guy. And you do have J.D. McKissick there waiting to take away some pass game work that could make Gibson a much worse play. So is he somebody you would even consider now, knowing that he is this banged up? It's concerning because basically Gibson still only has two good games in his career. And it's a young career, I know, but he put a they put a statue up in Dallas for him last year against the Cowboys since he ran went for over 100 yards and blew them up in both games. But in that time, uh, he hasn't reached over 90 yards, even in week one to have 20 carries for 90 yards. And this year, he only has 20 receiving yards in one game. And that, of course, was the one time he caught the ball and had to go 73 yards for his touchdown, his only catch of the game in week three. So it is somewhat concerning knowing that they are running more no huddle but that also that package entails getting J.D. McKissick involved more, which is why his snaps and his usage has increased the past three games as well. So I don't know. I, the, the outlook seems to be as like an RB1 ceiling, top five running back. The ceiling seems to be dwindled for Antonio Gibson. Uh, also, Heineke is sort of just living off efficiency and just being like a hand-in-the-dirt, mow-his-lawn good football player. <laughs> because like when you, when you watch him, it's like there's still so much inaccuracy there from him. He just seems to have been lucky, although he is like – He's still a baller. He is somewhat good at the game. So it just seems like something that's going to come crashing back to earth at some point. Pete, where are you landed with Gibson this week, knowing that I know you've had some affinity for him in the past. So I feel like maybe not as much as I might be imagining in my head. Yeah, um, I think my main problem where I don't see myself coming to him this week is I just don't know if I love this game environment for him. Uh, I don't mind kind of buying a little bit of an injury discount just because it does seem like it's more of a pain tolerance thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've just seen these games with New Orleans. They're slog fest. They're running the ball 25 plus times with Kamara. I just see very little shootout potential in this game. Whereas I was very excited to play Gibson. What was it? A couple of weeks ago in that game with the bills, just knowing there would be so many plays. So yeah, I'm less worried about Gibson than I am just that game. And Another, oh, the Saints haven't passed more than 24 times in any game yet. Like that is not their MO. They are trying to soak up all the possession and not turn the ball over. And they think that's going to win. And in 2021, when you're asking for volume in DFS, that's just like not our style. That's not going to get it done. That's why I even question Kamara's ceiling. Everyone thinks he comes in under rostered every single week. I ask you like, does he have what it takes to be a top five running back in this offense? I genuinely don't think so unless things change. Yep, so some some risks there going on for Antonio Gibson this week to keep uh, be mindful of. You are somebody that was locking him in in season long or anywhere else. Joe Mixon's going to practice on Saturday to determine his status, though. So that might be a little bit of a, a misread by me because I feel like it's odd to hear about a guy practicing on Saturday to get where he needs to go. T. Higgins, though, will be good to go versus Green Bay. Pete, Joe Mixon, uh, we talked a little bit about maybe going Chris Evans' way, maybe Samaj P. Ryan's way. If we do get no uh, Joe Mixon in there just because of the workload he gets and the price points of those guys in DFS. But how do you feel about Joe Mixon? Is he worth playing on that Q tag if he does somehow get in? Yeah, this is another one of those games that doesn't look very attractive for fantasy. It's a, it's a weird one. You know, Pat Thorman wrote this up as a pace down game with these two teams. And yet the total has still been hovering around 50. So I do think Joe Mixon is kind of, you know, the decision point of like, how does this game go? Because we know if Joe Mixon goes, the team loves giving him 20 plus touches. They do really want to establish it. But if things swing in the other direction and you don't have Joe Mixon, you have T Higgins back. Maybe this does pace up a little bit. So how I feel about this game is going to depend on Joe Mixon's health. Um, what, what is your guys's read? Do we, it, to me, it seemed like he wasn't going to play, but now it sounds like he's trending in the right direction. 
I, I still don't think he's going to play. Uh, having said that, do you think Joe Burrow comes in under rostered? Like, is everyone or someone, everyone going to start mushing him if Mixon, if and when Mixon gets ruled out? Because, like, that's the double stack I want to play in this game. I mean, the Green Bay passing DVOA given up 1.2% more than average, but, you know, at least a league average team in terms of what they're allowing. It does seem like people, if they are flocking more to an Evans or a P. Ryan, you see that ownership number pop up on whatever ownership projections you're looking out there. I agree Joe Burrow could be the pivot point there, but I also think playing Mixon, if you get him on that Q tag, like I wouldn't have an issue playing him on a Q tag just in the hopes that, you know, he is useful. So if, definitely an injury to watch and, and not Mixon's the normal way this goes. If Mixon's healthy, I will say I will get off Burrow because – uh it's funny because like the healthy running back, the better running back is still a hindrance to the offense becoming unleashed. And so, but if Mixon's out, uh, I'm, I'm very interested because I understand the DVOA numbers. Uh, I support football outsiders, but also the Packers have played Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Ben Roethlisberger. They're not a defense I'm scared of. No, that's a good point. That is one way to look at the numbers too. And that's what we talk about at DVOA over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Just a way to view the view the slate and then you can make your own decisions from there. Christian McCaffrey, another running back practice this week, but I guess is now doubtful versus Philly. So a bit of a surprise there. Uh, John, in this spot, if we don't get McCaffrey out there, are you willing to go back to Chuba Hubbard after he was pretty much heavily vultured last week by Sam Darnold? The way the slate worked out, I didn't play Hubbard last week and it was just fine. But now... I we could see flop lag. I've gotten higher on him as the week has progressed because it's as simple as, you know, there's, there's, there are ways to quantify it, but literally just ask yourself, what if Sam Darnold didn't have five rushing touchdowns? What if someone else scored the rushing touchdowns and the passing game usage was not for Chuba Hubbard. That was Rodney Smith. But since we know the Eagles defense is so poor and we could see more of a run heavy attack, then the fact that Hubbard did still have 81% of the team's running back carries compared to McCaffrey, who had 87%, very similar in weeks one and two, like that's where the rushing touchdowns we are hoping would go. And so I think there is some flop lag and reason to play Hubbard in this game. Pete, how about you? You want to go back Chuba's way with that price tag? Still just under 6K on DraftKings. So definitely not the discount the Bengals running backs would be per se if we do get no Joe Mixon out there. Yeah, the, the price tag isn't nice, but the ownership is going to be really nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one no one is going to play him. Even if you're in that range, you're going to be playing a DeAndre Swift, a James Robinson, a Damian Williams. So I think he's going to go overlooked. Uh, and yeah, it is intriguing to me because he is just not going to project as a good points per dollar play at that salary, but that's what's going to make him a great tournament play. Yeah, Sam Darnold, too, also has 71% of the Panthers rushing touchdowns so far this year, which just seems unsustainable, especially just put a spy on him in the red zone, and then maybe that won't be the same result. So there are some ways here for these guys to have bigger touchdown days, and Darnold, I don't think you'd expect him being the Al Bundy every week, putting up four touchdowns. Julio Jones did practice officially out. A.J. Brown has been a full go and will play at Jacksonville. And, John, this is a spot where the field's going to be going heavy to Derrick Henry, so Seems like A.J. Brown potentially under 10% ownership, though I think some of the ownership projections out there may be a little bit more aggressive. Feels like A.J. Brown could be the pivot point and maybe the troll play of the week that we'll talk about in the next segment. I wonder if he's going to get steamed like Odell Beckham did last week. Uh, I got on Nick Chubb. You get a five-point bonus, but even then Nick Chubb didn't get there because he needs to score touchdowns. You understand when you play him. I genuinely think the field's going to catch up to A.J. Brown, and I want to play him. Like I genuinely think he's the leverage to play off of Derrick Henry uh, because even on a place like FanDuel, which is pick him this year, but 10-4 getting 24 points from Henry last week, you're not happy with that at all. Uh, and so just the fact that A.J. Brown had a 22% target share in his first two games played, and now we're also removing Julio Jones from the offense against this Jags defense, it's it's such an awesome play. I just do wonder if everyone's going to catch up. Pete, what are you thinking in this spot here? Derrick Henry going to be very popular. FF Doom asking us all not to steam up A.J. Brown, but it's hard <laughs> not to do that if you do see those projections. There's ownership projections everywhere out there right now looking a little bit low. 
Yeah, uh, I think he is going to get steamed, especially because he practiced in full yesterday, right? Like, if it was still the questionable he, tag and he was limited, what? He was saying? limited on Wednesday. He never practices on Wednesday. He's yeah. always a healthy rest guy. And so yeah. the fact he even tried to go on a Wednesday tells us, like, he's ready to go. Yeah, he's chomping at the bit. So, yeah, I uh, it does just I, – I talked about it with TJ Hernandez earlier on my GPP show. He just stands out as the perfect leverage play. I think the, the less popular leverage play that won't get steamed as hard – is going to be Aaron Jones instead of Devontae Adams. So mm -hmm. that one, I think, will remain uh, a little sneaky. Um, I don't know, though. With A.J. Brown, his price is always up there. There's a lot of good prices. Um, I think he'll still stay under like 11%, 12%. But if you think you're getting A.J. Brown and single-entry small field stuff at like 5%, that's wishful thinking. Aaron Jones also, uh, eight of A.J. Dillon's 15 carries came in the fourth quarter whenever they had a 27-10 to 10 lead last week. I still believe he's just a contingency player, whereas the two weeks prior, Aaron Jones outtouched A.J. Dillon 44-14. to 14. So he also Jones also has 100% of the team's backfield carries and touches inside the 10-5 and five yard line. Like He's the player you want if you think it's going to be a competitive game or a shootout. And you just saw TJ Burgess chat on the screen saying, AJ Brown's a bad play. Tell your friends so I could start him. And then <laughs> Ivan Black, I, I, I'm, you know, look, I'm just going to say it. It made me laugh. OBJ loves getting steamed. Is what he said. That's Wait. why I laughed out loud earlier when you were talking. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's just a good chat from Ivan Black, one of our regulars. So got to give him the shout out there. Uh, let's clear out the rest of these injuries. Teddy Bridgewater cleared by independent doctors should be good to go at Pittsburgh. And, and Pete, we've seen Pittsburgh be pretty crappy defensively this year and not, uh, not to go with the steaming joke again, but a uh, different kind of crappy than Od Odell Beckham tends to gravitate towards but it is a spot against Pittsburgh. This defense, not that good, not blitzing that much. Teddy Bridgewater has been useful in fantasy, or at least you know for the most part, besides that last game against the Ravens and the injury, of course, didn't help either. Are you willing to go Teddy's way and maybe stack these guys up going against Pittsburgh? Uh, no, I'm not stacking this game. I think it has one of the lowest uh, totals uh, on the entire week. This one feels like another game where the Broncos are going to want to establish it with Teddy coming out of the concussion protocol. The Steelers, of course, want to establish it all the time with Najee. So I don't know. This uh, I think you could probably pick your spots here. You're going to be able to get a bunch of these guys at at low ownership, but I am not rushing to click submit on any of these guys. I don't think I'm going to play any of them. Deontay Johnson would be the one you have confidence in. Uh, I bet the Steelers earlier this week as home dogs, just because in what was the Broncos' first competitive game of the year last week, they trailed 17-7 to after the half, and Bridgewater was available for that entire half, and they should have been down 21-17. to Lamar Jackson overthrew Mark Andrews, I think it was. So I still just question if the Broncos are just a league average team right now. I got to point out Cortland Sutton. And actually I'll ask you guys this question. If you had to guess Cortland Sutton's air yards per target or a dot, if we want to go that way, uh, John, what would you guess is a dot for the year is right now? Hmm. Uh, 13.7. Pete, what about you? Uh, I don't know. 10.6, 17.8, 2.5 deep targets per game, 124.5 air yards per game. So the, the first three games, Bridgewater led the league in rate of passes, 20 plus yards downfield. Uh, it since has caught up to Lamar Jackson, who also leads the league in air yards per attempt because like he's genuinely step-by-step step with Patrick Mahomes MVP right now. He's just doing everything since they only have, uh, bodies just like cadavers in the backfield behind him. Yeah, so something interesting there. I think Cortland Sutton under 6K on DraftKings, uh, maybe a pivot point to an A.J. Brown if that ownership does steam its way up. So something to keep in mind. Last injury here to talk about, which is an important one, Chase Edmonds practice, but it's a game day decision versus San Francisco. Hopefully one that we'll know a little bit earlier in the day. But John, in the spot, if we do have bridge, uh, we do have um, Chase Edmonds out in the spot, could be James Conner getting a lot more work. I'm expecting James Conner to have some touchdown regression, but we do see Edmonds out. Clearly, Conner's going to get that pass game work, or at least some amount of that pass game work plus the touchdown he's been getting. So is this a spot that you consider an important one or a key one even on Sunday? 
I just don't think we're going to have the room to play two of these guys who are all going to be talked about in that range, which is why like Hubbard and those plays are really good leverage options in the same pricing. Uh, but Connor, you know, has only been a red zone option at this point. He's not being used in the passing game. He's not being used between the 20s. So that's two opportunities since Edmonds averaged five and a half targets per game that have suddenly opened up, assuming Edmonds out. So it becomes really interesting. I think he would be the one that even if Damian Williams gets all the touches, like Connor could out-touch Damian Williams, making him the better play. I just want to see where their ownership numbers come in at. Pete, how are you feeling about the Edmonds-Connor scenario? And would you be willing to play a Connor if we do have Edmonds out? Yeah, uh, I'll, Connor is a little tricky because, you know, they've wanted to use him in a very specific role right now. We know he can catch balls. We saw him do it very well in, in Pittsburgh. So I, I just, my worry is that they want to keep him in that role and they bring a guy like Eno Benjamin, who has a pretty intriguing prospect profile and has him kind of slide into the Chase Edmonds role. So I... I don't know if I feel confident that he's just going to absorb that entire backfield. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable way to look at it. So keep an eye on the injuries there. Of course, that one's a game day decision. So hopefully we'll know earlier in the day on Sunday. Let's do our troll play of the weekend again. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. If you want to be a guest on this show on Thursdays, go leave us five stars and review an Apple podcast. Search Splash Play Pod. We also should be up on Google Podcasts. So I think we might have already been up on it, Pete, just so you're aware that I don't think we had to do anything to be on there. I think we now we have to see the stats that we had on Google Podcasts. All right, so if you were looking for us on Google, po I think it was Joshua. Was it Joshua? Yeah, I think it was Joshua's our guy who was desperate yeah. to have us on Google Podcasts. We might have been there the entire time. Maybe just fucking Google it. Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do the aggressive. work to watch this show. We don't want that was to do aggressive. it. I, I apologize. All right, uh, time for the troll play of the week where uh, there's one play out there that we all know will screw over a large portion of fantasy managers' uh, preconceived notions of success out there. And, and I think we've talked about a few of them here. So I'm going to take the first flag, uh, even though it's completely rude to both our guest, John, and to Pete. But whatever that's all it's all about me here and what i want in my troll play and i think it's got to be aj brown but i will say i'll give a pivot point if that ownership for aj brown comes up boy wouldn't it be funny if this was the nick westbrook akeen week after he busted <laughs> for 15 percent of the field yesterday something's gonna happen this game john with tennessee so that's my troll play what do you want as your troll play this week i think leonard fournette's a bad play I think Gio Bernard is the troll of the week. Uh, we are only two weeks removed from him leading the team in snaps and targets and I and season highs. And I understand that was a negative game script, the rare event the Bucks are trailing. But also, like to that point, Fournette was just getting by on four targets a game. He wasn't getting that amount of carries either. The Bucks also are still second highest in pass play rate when leading. They don't want to run the ball at all. And so to think we're going to get even 10 carries from Fournette again still seems wild to me that that's where the field's coming in on. So I'm going to pick Bernard as my troll of the week. Pete, what do you want as a troll play this week? Yeah, so the field is going to play Devontae Adams. I'm going to get the GPP bros to play Aaron Jones, which means Robert Tunyon is finally going to have a yes! really good game. It's that's, what like I, two, that's what I have right TV now. Robert Tunyon game. Uh, I, I kind of love, because remember, it's a wacky slate. Like, it's actually fun. I love the slates. We don't have Mahomes, um, the best tight end in the league, Dawson Knox, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Lamar Jackson. We don't have them on the main slate. And so the fact that you have to choose between Darren Waller or George Kittle, both who could let you down, like that's when you get funky with your tight end. Like Robert Tanyan at season high and in, in route rate snaps and targets last week, it only amounted to two catches for eight yards. I think is an awesome play. Also, uh, Francis in the chat saying Jimmy G not at practice again today, so maybe Trey Lance season. It did look like he was trending that way, but, but bless his heart, John. I guess we might not have Jimmy G this week to fall and, back on. So 
it's easy to play Trey Lance and redraft given the rushing upside. And like I was someone who did not play Justin Fields. I didn't like him against the Browns. It's a completely different scenario, completely different offensive situation. Uh, I still question if the Cardinals defense is even any good. Having said that, if you look at like what the Sharps have done, the game total has just come down significantly. A field goal and a half, I believe, since it initially opened. Plus, we have significant offensive line injuries to worry about for both Kyler Murray and Trey Lance. And so for DFS, knowing his price, he's going to be highly rostered. And cash game, sure, I'm, he's an easy player to lock in. But in tournaments, I think it's a pretty, pretty easy situation to fade knowing ownership is going to come in on him. Oh, Pete, how about you? If we need to get a Trey Lance starter, I feel like that Trey Lance-Debo Samuel stack is going to be hard for me to not at least consider in some amount of lineups. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad that the Jimmy G stuff is kind of dragged on throughout the week because I do think if he was just ruled out early on, I mean, all the projection systems, everything would just be pointing to Trey Lance mm-hmm. as a smash play at like 5,700 and he gets steamed really hard. Just, uh, that hasn't quite happened yet. He will be popular, but I'm excited about it. And I also love that he's in the 4 p.m. slot because it gives us some outs there. You know, you can build your lineups. I try to have two V2s and know like, all right, say I am playing the chalkier Trey Lance to George Kittle be prepared to have something where you could go off of that. Maybe it is going from to like a Kyler and a Christian Kirk or some kind of pivot that works within that in case that does become super popular. Uh, It's also a good slate because you can make a case that the afternoon games we're late swapping to are all going to go under where the past two weeks, I haven't felt confident in that at all. Like with the Vikings having really good matchups in the afternoon in weeks two and three, and then also the Rams and Cardinals and Bucks all being there at some point in the past two weeks as well. Whereas this, this afternoon slate is interesting because maybe I just want to avoid it all together, depending where ownership comes in at. All right, now is that time, guys, for our ride or die picks. We're giving some of the hottest takes you're going to find in the fantasy industry, and that's the way we cover ourselves from all the mistakes that we make week in and week out now. But Pete, give us give the people the, the breakdown here. John knows, but John actually might need to be caught up on the insane level that we've changed the game to this week. We are shooting for the moon in every single game, it seems. <laughs> oh, no. No, J- J- John, uh, John knows the deal. Uh, I am very happy that I've converted Spags from a little knit that just does the easy picks. Uh, he did revert back to his ways as Miss Cleo touting uh, Kyle Pitts and his 46% target share. I said 200 yards for Kyle Pitts. That's a pretty brave take by my, grief, my, yeah, prognosticate, my future crystal ball. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm being mean. Um, yeah, I will... Uh, I will say, John, the thing is, is we are getting aggressive these days. And also there's a lot of negotiation that goes on because the line gets set and then we kind of bat it around until we get it to a spot that is fair. But the one rule that uh, uh, persists is that there are only one, three and 10 pointers. A lot of times a bet will feel like, yeah, it's probably a five or six. Nope, those don't exist within the splash play universe. So we have to uh, negotiate until we land on one of those price points. Okay. It's a, it's a tough economy here, John. I, so I feel like I didn't bring my 10-point A game, but let's try. I mean, honestly, different approach. Don't get roped into 10-point game. Maybe that's how you beat us when Pete and I inevitably strike out on the vast majority of the 10-pointers that we so willingly bring to the show each time. But let's start out with our London game. The Jets, 21.3 implied points. Atlanta, 23.8 implied points. Line on the books. This one is at a 45-point over-under and also minus three uh, going towards Atlanta. Uh, This one, the edge sports line right there with it. Minus two towards Atlanta, 46-point line. And John, you are our guest, so I'll let you have the first crack in this game that could be pretty fertile, though it won't be on the main slate, so it might not affect a large portion of people out there. We're going to have to use the honor system here, but I assure you I am an honorable Southern gentleman, and I think, as everyone says, they're not excited about this game, and then we'll, we'll wake up to watch it. 
I bet my roommate Evan Silva sleeps through every single snap of this game. And that is my bet on this game. <laughs> so that's a one pointer. That's a one pointer. <laughs> that's not fair. One pointer. Come on. All right. I'll take the, I'll, I'll get my one point out of the way for this one. That's fine. You're, no, John, actually, but we, we need some data. What time is he normally up on a Sunday? <laughs> um, what time do they go on air? 10 45. <laughs> <laughs> let's say, uh, let's say 15 minutes before. So, okay. And uh, it's what, uh, 9 30 eastern or 8 30 eastern yeah so also you, i think you need to keep in mind john that you're talking to a man who did an entire season of a show with evan silva on saturday morning so i'm, <laughs> I'm familiar with the timings there you're and, what a croaky voice whenever it first hits record yeah still brings his a game though to his credit no matter Always. how much of the pedia lights going down <laughs> that Always. morning uh pete what do you want in this game here our london special will you give me 10 points if tajay sharp outscores kyle pitts i don't i don't know that should be 10 that shouldn't be 10. That should be what? three. Yeah. I can negotiate you guys just on you, Spags. Yeah. I mean, Tajay Sharp for Osmo, it looks like 8.5 is the projection. T Kyle Pitts, 12.6. That's a three. Um, Give me... Uh, No, for a three, I want one of Tajay Sharp or Christian Blake outscores Kyle Pitts. Okay. I think that's fair. For a three-pointer, I'll take that. Um, I will say in this spot, I think Corey Davis is an explosion spot. Corey Davis, I'm sure, looks so excited to be in London, but really, because we crushed in the zone all year. Atlanta been terrible in zone, running at 80% of the time and giving up a 75.5% completion rate. DVOA numbers also back it out. 30th against wide receiver ones are this Atlanta defense on the year, giving up 35% more production. So that speaks to me. Play Corey Davis if you're waking up early and doing the showdown uh, for the London game. Do we, hold on, is that a point? Because that's one point. No, that should be a, a, a 10 point. Okay, Corey Davis, I got to give an actual number. Um, Corey Davis, Pete, is this a 10 pointer if I say 150 yards and a touchdown? No. I, no? I, I would have gone uh, Elijah Moore leads the team in receiving. See, I don't believe in Elijah Moore. That's, but that's a, why it's a 10 pointer. Hmm. No. Well, how, what's, what's the yards and touchdown numbers, Pete, to get to 10 for Corey Davis? Actually, no, fantasy wise, I could take 25 fantasy points, right? You, could take, you could take 25 fantasy points. Okay, yes. there we go. 25 fantasy points for Corey Davis. Mark it down. Now onto the main slate. We got Detroit getting 19.8 implied points. Minnesota getting 29.8 implied points. 10 point line in the books. Edge Sports has it as a nine point line. And make sure you're checking out edjsports.com as well to see our 100,000 simulations. And uh, Pete, do you want to read this chat instead of just putting yeah, it there? Yeah, it's so true. Josh says Spags is so hard on Pete's tens. And then Spags turns around and tries <laughs> to take easy 10 pointers. It's a, it happens every week, Josh. I'm used to his bullshit and we just kind of deal with it. Corey Davis will have 10 receiving yards, 10 points. <laughs> That's the thing that. It happens we negotiate so hard and it ends up being completely wrong anyway that's unfortunately the nature of the beast but it's detroit minnesota game pete you have the world of options in front of you in a decently totaled game here so what do you want yeah let's do um i will you guys give me 10 points if tj hawkinson scores the most DraftKings points of any non-quarterback in this game I, given that we have Dalvin Cook and Jefferson and Thielen, I think that I'll give it to you. Right. I mean, even if we have Alexander Madison, yeah, I'll give it to you. All right. All thank right. You. John, what do you want in this game? Uh, whatever I can get more points for and saying whether Kirk Cousins is the overall QB1 in the main slate or in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Those are both 10 pointers, I think. Oh, so which I, so I feel like taking the, the which is the one? easier option for me? None. Um, I will take overall QB1. How about that? Yeah, I think that's the harder one, but that's weird because like sometimes it's not the Millie Maker, so I think you're probably safer than just saying. Oh, you know what though? Him. His salary and his ownership. Well, is he gonna get? I don't think he's gonna get steamed. You know what? He's, I'll go winning. I'll go winning Millie Maker because he lets you fit some other good options, higher price. It's gonna be a real bummer when he finishes number one overall. Oh, I'm gonna be pissed. 
<laughs> Next game. Uh, actually, no, I got to take one here for this too. Um, I will say for me, throw for 10 yards. <laughs> I'll take um, DeAndre Swift, 200 total yards and a touchdown. Yeah, that's a 10. Yeah, right? that's yeah. Okay, there we go. So there, there's my pick. See, is you, that brave enough for you, Pete? You, you went from this side of the spectrum with 10 pointers to yeah. going for 20 pointers yeah. within one question. This guy is fucking crazy. <laughs> like 10 pointers, <laughs> calm down. It's unfair that you get me at every turn, no matter what I do. <laughs> you can't win. Next game up, Tennessee, 26.5 implied points. Jacksonville, 22 implied points. Four and a half point underdog at home in this spot. Over under of this one, 48.5 in the books. 50, according to Edge Sports, is 100,000 simulations. And I think I'm due to go first. And I'll make a brave take here as well. A.J. Brown over 25 fantasy points. Pete, is that a 10-pointer? A.J. Brown over 25 fantasy points is not a 10-pointer. I'm seeing his ceiling projection at 25.5, so that would make it a three-pointer for him to hit his ceiling projection. Damn it. All right, I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take the three-pointer. I'm not going to be a hero. i got to get some points somewhere. <laughs> I'm also not going to be a hero. I see their projections very similar. I'm going to take LaVisca Chenault over James Robinson uh, okay. for how many points do I get? 100? Um, three. Three. Thank you. All right, John, what do you want in this game? Tennessee and Jacksonville. Also, by the way, uh, if Carlos Hyde is active, James Robinson then becomes really interesting because that's when Robinson's ownership gets depressed. And uh, Robinson out-touched Hyde 35-10 to 10 in weeks two and three. Like, we don't care about his usage last week. We still like what he did and the changing of the guard prior to that. So that's why I'll be interested in Robinson if Hyde's active. I will... I don't know if this is swinging for the fences or not. We're going for 10 points, but I will say Trevor Lawrence scores more rushing touchdowns than Derrick Henry. That's uh, it's got to be a ten. That's a ten. That's yes, hot. ten points. Okay, that's but a resourceful team. ten. And then theoretically, we could both be right and get ten here. Where yeah, they started running him more the past two weeks. Uh, seven carries per game. Like they're opening him up finally. Yeah. So there you go. So that's a pretty good one. Okay. Interesting. I didn't uh, want to tell you that data before I gave you my ten points. Though, so <laughs> maybe he'll be sneaky in tournaments. Honestly, Trevor Lawrence. People are off the scent because he's been so bad to start the year. But damn, that certainly should turn around at some point. If maybe the team will rally behind Urban Meyer being a creep. We'll find out this week. Uh, Miami, nineteen implied points. Tampa Bay, twenty-nine implied points to the spot. They're a ten-point favorite according to the books. Eleven-point favorite according to Edge Sports. Uh, Over/under about the same as well. John, we're back to you to go first with Tampa Bay and Miami. The Battle, Florida. Uh, I think I already spoiled mine that, well, which one should I go with? I already did Gio Bernard the troll, and I was going to say Gio outscores Leonard Fournette. But what if I say Miles Gaskin under 10 and a half total yards? What will that give me? Ooh. 10 and a half total yards? Under 10 and a half total yards. He's not on the injury report, right? No. Uh, I'll, I'll, that's a 10-pointer for me, Spax. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's been so bad that it's definitely a viable one, but I think that's the kind of plays that that I'll, I'll take here. And I think John's showing the savvy. You, right you said ten point games is what yeah. this show has become. All right, Pete, what do you want here? Do you want to take maybe Patrick Laird makes the team here? That's hey, 10-pointer. I wanted you're going to try to reject this, but you're going to realize it's a ten pointer. Spags, the top five scoring players in this game are all Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got to give me six now. Pete has nailed John. Pete has nailed this bet two weeks <laughs> in a row. It's too easy. Give me six players, and that's a ten pointer. Six? Uh, no, yep. I mean, there's Jacoby Brissett, there's Waddle, there's Parker. Six. John, if, tell him how hard I mean, that is. Parker, Parker's a game time decision. He's literally the only player I have faith in. The only, because Waddle, like, that's nothing. That Who cares about Waddle? What about Brissett? It includes the quarterbacks. I mean, what's, isn't Brissett's like combined rushing and passing 269? Like, not a nice 269? Yeah, it's not sure. even good. And that's even a safe under. So, yeah, 4.9 yards per attempt for Jacoby I, Brissett so far this year. <laughs> I would rather do four, four guys, the top four, then and get three points than six for ten. 
Okay. I mean, honestly, four should probably be a one pointer given how you no, exploited this edge, but that's no, fine. It's I'm <laughs> I think so four good. is pretty safe since you have like literally six guys that could be there. So because six, you need a, a running back, at least not two to hit as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm taking top four scores in this game are Buccaneers for three points. And fine. I'm, you, you I'm upset that you. <laughs> no, it's not even that good. You closed the loophole and I was just doing so It had to be. I'm glad I finally did. Um, I will say for me, how about, okay. Mike Evans doubles up one of Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown in fantasy points. Is that a 10? That's not a 10. Doubles I, up. Double. Two X. Like an eight. <laughs> it about, is. It's yeah. like a seven and a half. How okay, about 2.2 yeah. X? Well, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, fine. There we go. Well, poor Willis is having poor to really <laughs> keep track of some esoteric bets. Anyway, <laughs> that's why he's earning the big bucks now. Philadelphia, 20.8 implied points. Carolina, 23.8 implied points in this game. Spread is three everywhere, according to Edge Spurts and the books. Um, and I think, Pete, we're due for you to go first. Okay. Um, let's. Should we do something with Chuba after making that call? Although that gets a little dicey if McCaffrey plays, and then I don't want to have to be updating this on Sunday. I, got I don't practice. think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play. Uh, Rule said something to the extent of if he's listed with an injury, which he's been listed every single day, he wasn't gonna play anyways. So they said he's gonna do some things health wise, quote unquote, on Saturday. Like it, nothing sounds good. Like he's gonna play. Okay, I just have to sneeze. Will someone else go? I sneeze. <laughs> he's, he's slowing down and sneezing in slow-mo for some reason yeah <laughs> your, video, your video lagged when you were sneezing which is not the ideal um, thing for us I'll, I'll go i'll take dj Moore millionaire maker winning lineup that's i think i'm not gonna say an easy 10 pointer but that's a 10 pointer i have some faith in that's a 10 pointer because his ownership's gonna be so high that's gonna be hard for that to happen also fair all right john what do you want i've already used a one pointer um i need a three pointer Chuba, now, well, Chuba Hubbard scoring more rushing touchdowns than Sam Darnold. Is that three? As I ask, like a wimp, and don't convince myself yeah. really well. Chuba yeah. scoring more than Darnold? Yeah, I'll, I'll take great. whatever can get me a three. Chuba Hubbard scoring more fantasy points, scoring more rushing touchdowns, whatever you would like me to take. No, over more points than Darnold's a three. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I would I'll agree. Take, more, more touchdowns, maybe not. Though Chuba has not scored a touchdown this year, and Darnold is scoring all of them. So I, right. I think, you know, even based on the projections, the season-long projections, I would probably be right. Um, Pete, what do you want? Um, what do I get if Kenneth Gainwell outscores Miles Sanders? Nothing. You got a, a pat one. on the head and a one-pointer. <laughs> um, I will take. Do I get three-pointer if Jalen Rager outscores Devonta Smith? John, how do you feel about that? Their projection is different by four and a half points. That's a three I, point. I think I would let him slide with a three point, even though I don't know if I'm feel good about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're, you're leveraging against the play for the projection. So I think that's sort of inherently going to be a lower value, but I'll give you three. I'll give you three. Thanks, it's a kind ben. show. Let's move on. All right, Denver, next game up. We got to make some better time here, so that's on me. Denver, got to pick them here in this game on a 40-point over-under, 39.5-point over-under, according to the books. Edge Sports has it a little bit higher at 45-point over-under, so maybe some hope there. Uh, but, boy, this is an ugly one, and I think I'm due to go first now, so I'll take, um, you know, Cortland Sutton here. I'm giving away the Millie Maker lineup. Cortland Sutton, millionaire maker winning wide receiver as well, alongside his pal DJ Moore. All right, Pete, what do you want? Um, do I get three points if Javante Williams outscores Melvin Gordon? no you don't oh, you get one so, you, so you're you just admitted that oh you're, i don't i don't know if you get dead. one 
<laughs> they get 0.5. Look, I mean, Javante Williams projected for 9.3 from Osmo. Melvin Gordon projected for 9.4 from Osmo. <laughs> um, fine. Then I don't want to do that. I will say, will you give me three pointer if Tim Patrick outscores Cortland Sutton? Re- regretfully, yes, I will. Thank you. All right, John, what do you want? Hmm. Uh, well, I had Anthony McFarland queued up, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be activated before Sunday. So I have to change my topic and say, what What about uh, Ben Rossberger accounts, even through the air, Ben Rossberger accounts for all of the Steelers' TDs? Hmm. That's not a 10, right? That's probably not. That's um, probably so three. you're basically saying uh, no Najee Harris or rushing touchdown. Correct, yeah. Not even a defensive touchdown. I'm literally saying... Every point they score, Rossberger accounts for it. So no field goals then, too. Minus extra points. Okay, but extra points not included, but field goals included? Uh, I'll take that. Okay, Okay. that's a 10. Yeah, that's fine. They're definitely kicking a field goal. If they don't kick a field goal. so good at negotiating against himself, and I'm like, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Green Bay, 26.8 implied points. Cincinnati, 23.8 implied points in this one. Over under a 50.5, according to the books. Edge sports line at 52, so maybe a little bit of some edge there to take the over on this one. And uh, I think we're back to you, John, to go first. Robert Tanyan with Kirk Cousins is in the winning Millie Maker lineup. They're together. Wow. That's a 10, yeah. I've already given you two. We've actually given people three players. Cortland Sutton, Kirk Cousins, and Robert Tanyan in the Millie Maker lineup. Spoiler alerts. You're You're giving the answers to the test here. I know. I'll just do the three-pointer I've already talked about. Aaron Jones outscores Devontae Adams. Can we point out Pete's just taking some layups here, huh? Not doing any 10s anymore. Giving up on that game? Uh, I'm a winner, Spags, and that's what (laughs) winners do. I thought we were only allowed to give away one, one, one point, one, three point now. No, you can do as many as you want. We, I've just been doing tens because I've given up on <laughs> trying to just make logical bets. And instead, we're really doing the wagertainment here more, John. Yeah, that's what the show's become. Fine, fine. I'll change mine. 10-pointer Aaron Jones winning Millie Maker lineup. Uh, okay. Now, we've, now we're giving away four spots. Yeah, I don't, people are going to have too many spots in the Millie Maker I mean, lineup. Actually, actually. Every, everyone's so cheap in our Millie Maker lineup. I don't know where the salary goes, to be honest. Um, I will say for me, uh, boy, this is, I don't know that I love any of these. I'll say, you know what, this is, this is going to be stupid, but why not? Jamar chase. You want three receivers in the million maker lineup. Jamar chase is going to be there too. If what, if none of these hit, you're going to find one sad spags come Monday. That's what I'll tell you. So, so far we have naked Kirk cousins, Aaron Jones and Robert Tanyan taking each other's touchdowns. Cortland Sutton and Jamar Chase in the Millie Maker lineup. Got and it. DJ yeah. Moore. I also said DJ Moore, too. Oh, oh God. Yeah, DJ Moore. So, okay, Does this lineup even... We're going to have to actually try to make this lineup. <laughs> we may, you may need to go make it right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go to well, the... Did ne- you, hang on, real quick. The the team that won the Game Changer last week, uh, the $1,500 single entry, had a naked Kirk Cousins and mm-hmm. not one single stack uh, or correlated player in his entire lineup. The so. Millie Maker didn't have Tyreek at all. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's a weird one. That's like, I, I mean, I like legitimately because I had Tyreek and I was not on Derrick Henry at any point throughout the week because I loved the Jets money line and thought uh, paying down for their defense was the right play as leverage. And even so, like middled every tournament because I had the Vikings Brown stack and like I struggled to sleep at night. And then I saw the results on Monday with Tyreek list lineup, naked Kirk Cousins, three maxes, Sam Darnold with Dalton Schultz and Zeke runbacks were winning as well. And it's like, never mind. I forgot how stupid DFS is. <laughs> it's, it is a, a tough game to win. That's why you give away all the Millie Maker picks on the show and hope one of them hits. And then you'll look like a genius. That's what well, they're, they're five players to that point. <laughs> uh, next game up, we got New England, 24.3 implied points. Houston, 15.3 implied points. They are a nine point dog at home, though. Edge Sports does have this close 
closer to a five point line. Hard to have much faith in Houston after last week. Um, I will, I guess I'll go first this one. Or Pete, no, you're due to go first. Go ahead. Um, let's see here. It is Ramondre Steven Sisson. Not only is he active, he leads <laughs> the Patriots backfield in DraftKings points. He's got, yeah, he's got to be active, which is always the tough task. So, uh, I think that's a 10. Thank you. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's probably not going to be active. I would. Right. <laughs> so that's, well, I mean, that's, that's a losing bet if he's not active. That's true. All right, John, what do you want in this game? I'll let you go before me. The Texans team total is 15 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm going to alter it, make it a half point and go under. <laughs> you, you did a teaser in our ride or die here. I love it. So wait, you, you're, you're saying they don't score a single point. I am saying they don't score a single point. Okay. Their team total is over two touchdowns. I'm saying they don't score a single one, not All even right, a field goal. That's a 10. That's a 10. Um, and another viable 10. I'll go against you, though. I'll say Brandon Cooks. Uh, Pete, what if he gets 125 yards and a touchdown? Would you say that's a 10-pointer? Just do the the 25-point. No, his <laughs> spat. I mean, Daigle, help me out here. I mean, 100. No, you got to do the – what was the Corey Davis one? We did 25 uh, We said points. 25 for Corey Davis. Yeah. But but Cooks has a, a has a better probability of doing that than Corey especially Davis. because um Anthony Miller had over a twenty percent target share for two weeks in a row and they just cut him midweek, so like now where the hell do those targets go? I, I guess we'll unless find you can out. make a case for like Danny Amendola, you want to say he has more targets than Brandon Cooks? Maybe you're, Chris Conley, who knows? Your your ten pointer Spags is over twenty eight DraftKings points. Over twenty eight? Yes. Ugh, all right, I'll take Might it. as well say it. ends up with the winning Millie Maker lineup with the nine other guys. Wait, can I know? So how about 26.5 then? I'll push back. No, 27.5. So, oh, that's that's not the middle ground, but uh, 27. Daigle. 27 for Cooks? Yeah. 10 pointer? That like <laughs> fine. Fine. I'll give it to you just because I, I want this show I, to be over. I think over. it's fair. I think it's like nine points. I think it's fair. Also, uh, FF Doom asked, how many times has an NFL team been shut out two weeks in a row? The Jets in weeks two and three were shut out, but the Titans defense is so bad, the Jets then scored 23 points on them last week. I think that's me convincing myself to play Trevor Lawrence the more and more we move along this show, actually. <laughs> that's what we're really about on the show, enabling people to make the bad choices, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, conviction choices, that's really the main thing that we go for here. All right, New Orleans, we got 22.8 implied points. Washington, 20.8 implied points. Washington, a two-point dog at home in a game with a 43.5 line on the books. And, um, Pete, you can go first. All right. Ricky Seals-Jones is a player for the <laughs> Washington. With two arms. <laughs> that's a, that's Rick, a one-pointer, I think. Ricky Seals-Jones <laughs> scores two touchdowns for a 10-pointer. Yeah, that's that's a 10-pointer. That's say. fair. Yeah, that's 10-pointer. John, what do you want? He may not have two touchdowns in a season. Uh, think about it. So <laughs> don't, don't fud my pick. That's, that's 10 points. Uh, Alvin Kamara's career high and touches is 31. I think he breaks that this week. Ooh. Ooh. He may not even be the winning Millie maker with 32 touches, but I think he gets past 31. What, what's his career high, John? 31. 31. Uh, and this this week we're taking out Tony Jones' six routes per game, six targets. They only have Devon Zigbo, who's been on the team since Wednesday, behind him active. Uh, I would imagine he gets every single touch. But you gave it 10 points already. You don't get to listen to the data and then change your points. All right, 10 points. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I mean, you know, like we got it. So one of these has to hit. So I think we just gotta take one and make sure at least, John, you hit one of them uh, for all of us on behalf of us. Um, for me, I will say uh, Terry McLaurin under 50 receiving yards. Is that a 10 pointer? No. 
40. No, I mean, these are three pointers. Okay. <laughs> it that, only, your video only slows down whenever you sneeze. That's a very odd inception we're living in. Yeah. My, my, uh, internet's being shaky right now. Um, no, because that's, that's well within his range of distribution. Like that happens. Uh, you need it to be like a 10, uh, percent probability for that. So you got to be like under 20 yards. Okay. What if Adam Humphreys outscores Terry McLaurin? Is that a 10 pointer? Yeah, that's a 10 pointer. Okay. All right. Let's do it that way then. There we go. We figured out a way to get the approach I was hoping. That's for. definitely a 10 pointer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cleveland, 22.8 implied points. Chargers, 24.8 implied points. A line on this one is going to be minus two favoring the Chargers. Maybe a little lower than you'd expect with uh, the torn labrum or partially torn labrum for Baker Mayfield. Uh, John, you can go first. What do you want in this game with Cleveland and the Chargers? Whatever. Who keeps track of the bets in the back? Josh was his name. Willis. Our guy Willis. Willis. Willis our okay. accountant. Our, our, Willis our, is awesome. Actually, a there professional you go. accountant is tracking this for us. Yeah. Well, uh, God, he needs to just stick with that. Um, Willis, congrats on your accountant job. And then also, my bet is when you pull up Pro Football Reference Monday morning, you see Nick Chubb lead Kareem Hunt in every category in that box score. Every single one. That includes yards per catch. That includes targets, catches, touchdowns, snaps. Every single category, Nick Chubb leads Kareem Hunt. This man is unhinged. Every category? <laughs> Every category. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you saying most of the categories or, or all of them? I believe, unless I mistook, I said all of them. Uh, wow. Okay. So now we're getting wild. Feet, what do you want? Uh, I want something with Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is going to rise back from the dead. Let's keep taking some Millie Maker shots. I'll say Mike Williams in the winning Millie Maker lineup. All right, how, this is a weird one, but I don't I don't know where else to go with it. But how about Jalen Guyton scores a rushing touchdown? Is that? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, a, a ten pointer. That's a good okay. one. Thank uh, you for donating. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's the important thing is we try some different takes here. Maybe one of them hits. Uh, Chicago nineteen point five implied points with Justin Fields now the starter. We talked more about that on yesterday's show. Vegas twenty five implied points on their end, so they are a six point favorite here at home. And um, I, I feel like I'm due to go first for one of these. And I'll take the, you know what? I, I love Damian Williams. I'm not saying that he's a bad play. I will say, though, Allen Robinson, top scoring position player in the game. Is that a 10-pointer based on his year-to-date numbers, Pete? I actually think it is. He's He's not been good. I think we can all agree. Hang on. on. You, you say the top scoring overall? Top scoring uh, position player, so not a QB. Um, so you still have to be Waller. You have to be Jacobs, Ruggs, Damian Williams, Moody, you, who he has not beat at all so far this year. I'm, I'm inclined to give that to him. I think it is a savvy bet by Spags though. What do you think, Daigle? I think we just go ahead and give it to him. Yeah. Oh, thanks, John. Okay. There we go. That's, that's the Southern hospitality we were looking for. I'm not a good negotiator for this game. I just swing for the fences. That's all I do. <laughs> They'll swing for the fences once more, John. What do you want in this one? Uh, I will take, what about if I say Brian Edwards leads every receiver in this game and receiving yards, you got to give it to me, right? Every yeah. receiver. Yeah. yeah. Every That's receiver in this game and receiving yards. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because That's he doesn't, he doesn't catch balls in the first half. And so we're hoping that in the fourth quarter, he just gets thrown targets. Some savvy tens in this one, Pete, how are you going to follow it up with your one pointer? Don't, don't auto reject <laughs> this. This is a 10 pointer. The top four scoring players are all on the Raiders no that's not a 10 pointer anymore no I just told this isn't this isn't like the Buffalo Bills situation or where one team is so much better than the other we're talking about the Raiders and the Bears you got Justin Field you just said we got Allen Robinson up here we got Damian Williams the top, Mooney. The top I'll give you the 10 for five 
and this one. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> no, so come four, on. Four for but, three. Now give me, then I want, I'm going to take a three pointer top three scores or Raiders. Okay. I don't know if that okay. was fair, but that's fine. Oh, that's it fine. is. It's very fair. <laughs> it's a three pointer. It does not get hurt us too much John. it's fine. We'll let him have it. Okay, three points. Go fine. ahead. Take it, Pete. Take your little, little layup. Well, ooh, little bunny shot for Pete today. No, three pointer. <laughs> they're literally called three pointers for a reason. Spags. It's a nice mm-hmm. corner three shot. <laughs> San Francisco, 22.3 implied points. Arizona, 26.8 implied points. Spread on this one is minus five for both the books and edge sports.com over under a 49 as well. And uh, John, you can go first. It's probably a one or three pointer. Again, very good at betting against myself and setting it up for y'all have to vote that. But I think uh, 49ers money line. I will eat the five points and just take them straight up to knock the Cardinals to four and one. All right, that's a three pointer. Yep, that's a three. Pete, what do you want? Um, DeAndre Hopkins, the resurrection happens. I will say, uh, what do we need? What do I need? Over 27 uh, DraftKings points for a 10 pointer? For, for who was it? Sorry, DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, have you heard of him? Uh, honestly, you can take three him for 25. Weeks, not I'll, I'll be fair, actually. and actually, I'll, as a showing of good faith and moving forward in a, a positive light, I'll give it to you at 25. You'll give me 10 points over 25? Yep. Sold. Okay. <laughs> yeah, do we want to shake on it? On How do we do this? Wait, no, you're to my left. I think that was the first actual negotiation in this show. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a generosity. That was giving Pete a little charity here for his guy who's not as relevant this year as he has been in the past. <laughs> so I think that's, that's fine. Um, and this spot for me, I will take, uh, man, I, it's hard not to take Debo, but Debo, anything you're going to give me for Debo is going to be awful. Um, you know what? Debo Samuel, 200 yards, two touchdowns, Pete. And that is that 10 points. Did you say 200 yards? Yes. Uh, if he got uh, Spags, I will make show history. I'll give you 15 points if he does that. Okay. <laughs> Debo Samuel. One time only. One time only. <laughs> so 15 pointers now in the mix here in our rock and jock version. Don't get used to it. Don't get used to it. New York Giants, 22.5 implied points. Dallas, 29.5 implied points. The Daniel Jones renaissance is on. Pete, what do you want first? Uh, I want the chat to shut up about how savvy my Hopkins bet was. Um, Let's see here. I am going to say Kadarius Toney outscores Amari Cooper for 10 points. Kadarius Tony did me. Well, these guys are coming back. The Shepard and Slayton are playing, right? Yeah. Uh, I yes, they were at practice Thursday. I would assume they yeah. play. They were limited. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I, that's okay. ten points. I think it's fair. Yeah. Thank you. All right, John. What do you want? Uh damn. Well, this is now that I wrote it down. I see it's more like a thirty pointer. Uh, <laughs> I, I would. I would like to go for fifteen points. Is that possible? Just ten. I mean, I got one. I feel like we got to get John one. <laughs> Let me hear it. Then I'll decide. Daniel Jones runs for more yards than he passes for. <laughs> Okay, that's that's a 15. That's the new everyone gets one 15 pointer now. New rule. I'm getting my 15 out of the way. This game has really become more and more like kids playing in a yard where they're just making up the rules in the game as they go. It's like, yeah, 15. Sure, why not? (laughs) What you got a 15? Yeah, Yeah, if you do it in the Miss Cleo voice, you get 20 for one pick (laughs) per game. Um, all right, that's fair for me in this spot. I will say, uh, boy. You know, I didn't pick a Millie Maker QB, so I'll say Daniel Jones Millie Maker QB this week for for an easy ten. But Smooth okay, down. but we already have Kirk Cousins there, so we're have an interesting time. How are these people going to pick between them, John? They'll have to decide who they like more. We're giving them that. options. Also, uh, Ginobili asked, "Does John actually live in Silva's basement?" And I will tell you, 
Last year, it was the attic, but also that's the only bed in the entire effing house that is a bed frame. And Silva found that out when I left, started sleeping in it over the winter and kicked me out. And now I live in the basement. He lives in the attic where it's more comfortable. So you're full Uncle Joey in full house now. We are full on. (laughs) Yes. Even though it is odd, like people think we just like talk about football all the time. We most of the time we don't see each other till 7 p.m. Like he's just grinding or sleeping. I'm like grinding or going out doing something. And like that, that is our lives right there. That's all it is. Okay. So there you go. So there's, that's another fun fact for Evan Silva here. Go make sure to ask Evan Silva about how, how life is down in the basement. On Ask him if he's going to wake up for the London game. We need that 10 points. <laughs> it's a good, that's actually a very point, important one to verify here. You could just lie about that one. We would never know. Oh, alter code. I'm an honorable <laughs> Southern man. All right, we got Sunday night football here, the big game. We got Buffalo, 26.8 implied points. Kansas City, 29.8 implied points. Buffalo also set a DVOA record last week of their performance against Houston in terms of how much they limited production relative to what an average team would be expected. In this spot, though, going against Houston, they are a three-point underdog, or going against Kansas City, going uh, a three-point underdog for Kansas City. 56.5 point over-under. We're back on track now. Pete, what do you want the Sunday night football game? And John, in case you've forgotten, for Sunday night football, you just pick a showdown captain, and that's the 10-pointer here. We'll let, we'll let our guests go first here. Okay. The showdown captain, I will pick. It's going to be popular. Well, God, Travis Kelsey's going to come in so popular. Travis Kelsey's going to be more rostered than uh, Tyreek Hill and the captain, right? You, I would think so. I mean, it's going to be close for those guys, but. Can I, I go, can I go elsewhere with a 10 point? I just need the captain. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, you can just pick whoever. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll just go Travis. I'm just going to go Travis Kelsey. Okay. And if I get it right, I get 10 points. Yep. I'll go Travis Kelsey. Even though Patrick Mahomes is probably the way you want to win tournaments with like that. Probably. It's it's tough with the QBs. They always like, that's one of the things that people always fall into. I think less so this year, but generally like people like to put QBs as a captain and it's been tough to get. I don't, I don't know if a single QB has won a showdown captain, probably like Jalen Hurts has at some point. Well, I thought uh, that was the play last night and it didn't matter because Russell Wilson got injured. But since the ownership was completely sold on just like pretty much four guys between Lockett and Metcalf and Cup and Woods. I thought you played the quarterback to get the touchdown equity elsewhere. Turns out it didn't matter. You just need DK because life is that simple. It's worth pointing out, like as I think just real fast, obviously we got to finish up the show, but like Cooper Cup being priced more than the QBs, like you're right. That's the point where you start to play QBs more at captain, but historically like QBs have also been always overowned at captain. So it's been a bit of a change to the showdown strategy that I think both players and DraftKings has tapped into. Uh, but Pete, I'll let you go here. What do you want for your showdown captain? Stefan Diggs. That was exactly what I was thinking, you rat bastard. Um, I will say he's so due. He's so incredibly due. That, that's you can you can pick Gabriel Davis. It's fine. Go for it. No, I'll take Manny <laughs> Sanders. The the people's Stefan Diggs is what we're calling him this year. He's <laughs> getting the same amount of targets, basically. So we're like, same amount of air yards, not quite as many targets, but doing better with them. So hopefully that continues. I, I wonder how many people are going to put Josh Gordon in there because you know it's coming. Ooh, do you think? Here's a question: Do you think he gets a single catch in that game? No, not at all. Pete, do you think he gets a single catch or does he run a single route in that game? Mm, probably not. No. Like McCole Hardman can't even get a catch and he's still running the route. So I don't know how Josh Gordon does it. Yeah. That's, that's a that's a good line though. Over under one there for I don't know. I hope so. For the fans. Yeah, I, don't, out I haven't there. looked at the profit market for Josh Gordon, but I feel like if there is one out there, I'd probably take the under on whatever there is out for, mm-hmm. for old Josh Gordon. They're excited to see him back in the league. And those are all of our Sunday games. So, John, give the people the plugs one more time here. Of course, NBC Sports Edge doing great work. You are, along with everybody over there, really a fantastic content offering that they're building up. And also, you are at, at not J Daigle, D A I G L E. So, people should be following you on Twitter. But anything else you want to plug or say here? Those places, as well as uh, 
like we talked about earlier, NBC Sports Edge, the player news is running right now. Corrine is in over his head. The blurbs are getting pumped out. Uh, also a good football show where subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, six episodes a week, five live shows per week. Tune in. Pat Corrine and myself always do a halftime Monday night football for that, however long it lasts, over waiver wires and our top pickups on a Monday night to get your head in the right place for waivers. So tune into everything. We're just having a great time and it's very busy. Also, Josh Duck asking in chat, when's the next cooking video, Daigle? Uh, well, they got rid of, uh, what were they called? Fleets. They got rid of fleets. Oh, so you can't, you can't do a full good football show while cooking for the people? No, but also part of my, I shouldn't tell you the strategy, but part of my bet in against Silva waking up for the London game is also like we're having friends over for like a birthday dinner on Saturday and I'm cooking for everyone because that's what I do. So you have and like, insider trading information. So, and I also know how many bottles of wine I'm going to buy. And so I know what Silva, what level he's going to be on by the time he wakes up Sunday morning. So I, th I think there is a little bit of insider trading going on here. Wow. All right. So yeah, make sure to go keep your eyes peeled at not Jay Daigle. This black play. You wanted to up the game. I rigged it. <laughs> Pete, give us your plugs here. We can all, we can do the viewer guest thing on Monday. I feel like we can, we can pull that done. Yeah. Uh, I will be back on Saturday morning or Sunday morning rather at 10 30 AM to uh, catch up on all the latest ownership movement, top stacks, top plays, all that for my GPP bros out there. If you want to be in our drawing on Monday to be a viewer guest, go leave us five stars and review an Apple podcast. Now, hopefully it'll clear in time so you can be in the mix when we do the drawing on Monday's show. Make sure to follow at not Jay Daigle on Twitter. Follow at Peter Overzet on Twitter. Follow at Chris Spaggs on Twitter as well as at Splash Play Pod. And make sure to go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe to get the greatest data you will ever find in your life over there, including DVOA, the stat that everybody knows and references in every fantasy and betting show out there. Footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. $5 a month. We'll see you guys on Monday. Enjoy your weekends. Bye. Say it. Hey, guy, real quick. Dago, oh. you want to say something. Corlin Sutland just rolled his practice and rolled his ankle in practice. So take him out of your Millie Maker lineups. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Someone, Tim Patrick, Millie Maker lineup. <laughs> remember, remember who took Tim Patrick out scoring Cortland Sutton? Well, Peace you know. Out. <laughs>